Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. I'm Aaron Viner sitting in for Jonathan Hessen. And this evening's episode is focused on Washington's Mideast efforts and aspirations. U.S. President Joe Biden is scheduled to visit the Middle East next month for the first time in his term of office, although he has, of course, been to the region many times in the past, dating back to 1973. During his four-day upcoming tour of Israel, the Palestinian Authority, and Saudi Arabia, how successful can the Biden visit really be? Joining me here to discuss this is Ambassador Danny Ayalon, the co-host of TV7 Middle East Review, a panelist on TV7 Powers and Play, former Israeli ambassador to the United States and at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, as well as a lecturer at NYU. Also joining us is Mr. Robert Silverman, a lecturer at Shalem College and former president of the American Foreign Service Association. And as always, Amir Oren, TV7 editor-at-large and host of TV7's Watchman Talk, is here with me to analyze all of the topics. Amir, could you please start by giving us just a general overview of U.S.-Israeli-Middle Eastern relations? So thank you, Erin. And uh, the best laid plans of uh, ministers and men are, of course, uh, subject uh, to the vagaries of uh, political life. And when President Biden first planned his tour, uh, Naftali Bennett uh, was the prime minister and was supposed uh, to still be um, the PM when um, Biden touches down at uh, Ben-Gurion Airport. And apparently, because earlier this week, uh, there was this uh, sudden um, shaking up of the Israeli political scene. Um, it remains to be seen whether for the next four months or so, the Israeli government uh, will be able to do anything. Therefore, Biden's uh, visit uh, to the um, uh, Israeli capital, Jerusalem, and to um, a Palestinian uh, uh, city, probably Bethlehem rather than Ramallah, will be one of uh, sustainment um, of uh, keeping up uh, the good work uh, rather than bringing in uh, any uh, novel idea. Uh, no one has the uh, political will or power to implement anything for the uh, foreseeable future, especially since the Israeli elections will take place a very short time before the midterm elections in the United States. So um, this particular stop in Israel and uh, the West Bank uh, will be mostly symbolic um, to uh, uh, reignite the uh, American-Palestinian relationship and to reaffirm the um, uh, strong American commitment to Israel's security. Uh, I almost said blah, 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 but I stopped myself <laughs> before uh, doing so. And uh, so on to Saudi Arabia where in order to bypass the embarrassment of going to see uh, the crown prince, um, who was out of favor for several years, um, it is depicted as meeting with a dozen heads of state and governments or so, the uh, Gulf Cooperation Council, 
uh, and King Salman rather than uh, his favorite uh, son. So all in all, um, President Biden cannot neglect the Middle East, even though uh, he uh, has uh, his top priority in Asia and his second priority in uh, Russia, Ukraine, and the Middle East is at best uh, third on his list. Um, it is not supposed to be an eventful trip. Ambassador Ayalon, let's ask you a follow-up question about that. I agree with what Amir just said, but if it's only a symbolic trip, why is Biden going to all the expense and time and trouble that it takes for an American leader to travel to do all this? Well, that's a very good question, Aaron. I would say in uh, maybe a, a very short sentence, uh, pretty much a cover-up, you know, a nice <laughs> uh, uh, background for a uh, political trip, which has come out of uh, political uh, expediency. Uh, uh, Biden and, uh, of course, the United States is um, gearing up to the midterm elections in November, where Biden himself and the mm -hmm. Democrats are in a real bind uh, because of the um, oil prices going up. And uh, uh, I've seen something in the American, you know, uh, gas pumps that has never been seen before. Uh, a gallon of gas in the United States now on average is more than $5. It's uh, unprecedented and it's a record high. Uh, that does not uh, bode well for the Democrats' um, chances in uh, in November. So he has to do something about it in real terms to try and bring down the oil price. And the the only way right now uh, open for him is by Saudi Arabia increasing their output. Uh, this may not have an immediate effect, but also um, from symbolic and uh, PR, he has to show the American uh, public that he does everything in his power to help them, uh, to help their, their. So this is the main thing. And uh, on uh, with this in mind, uh, it had to be orchestrated. Of course, he cannot just uh, tell this and he cannot just show that. So it had to be orchestrated in a way where it's a real geopolitical strategic uh, trip. And in that sense, uh, he brings up the entire GCC countries you know, for, a, mm -hmm. for a summit. Um, and also bringing in, uh, hopefully, Israel to it, so, to some kind of a uh, regional um, defense arrangement uh, to uh, block the, the Iranians, to uh, help the U.S. Uh, and to ease the U.S. departure from, uh, from the area because uh, uh, also the United States has been uh, accused by many of its uh, um, allies around the world that they doesn't uh, keep up and it doesn't uh, stand by uh, its allies, whether it's uh, in, in Afghanistan or in Iraq or Syria or anywhere else. So here, with orchestrating some kind of a regional defense arrangement, the U.S. can leave the area in a good shape, where in a way Israel takes uh, a lot of the slack of the U.S. in terms of uh, uh, security heavyweight. And um, on top of that, uh, the, he has to show uh, leadership uh, that um, they are still trying to uh, uh, face up to Putin and Russia by doing some uh, regional arrangements. Uh, first, of course, is NATO, which was a great success, no, not so much because of uh, Biden's leadership, but because of uh, Putin's, uh, I would say, um, uh, brazenness. Uh, but here in the Middle East also, if he can... Uh, bring up more output of oil. And also, I think one of the things that will be discussed very seriously in Israel is also how Israel can join in supplying 
natural gas to Europe as a substitute or a little bit of it to the uh, lack of uh, Russian uh, gas to Europe. Erin, if I may just butt in, um, Israelis uh, would love to trade places with Americans regarding oil prices, because in Israel, a gallon of oil um, costs um, closer to $10. So, um, uh, Danny, if you can arrange it uh, via your connections uh, in Washington, please. Also, there is one very important uh, additional reason for Biden's visit to Israel, and that has to do with the Maccabiah Games. Um, of course. Uh, he, the Jewish Olympics. Yes, the White, the White House announced that uh, because uh, the visit coincides with the Maccabiah Games, um, Biden is going uh, to visit to his probably the, the Jewish American delegation. Mm -hmm. And uh, just like uh, he's uh, hosting the NBA champions and the NFL and uh, all of the rest. Hey, it's so a big it's deal. very significant. It is. Uh, Mr. Silverman, I, I just want to bring uh, Bob into the conversation. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Silverman, elaborating on what Danny and Amir have already said, basically, can you talk about the overall diplomatic effort and what can be, if anything, expected to arise? And I just want to point out that Biden will be breaking a campaign promise that he was going to isolate Saudi Arabia. He was going to make it a pariah, and yet he's going to right. visit. And in addition, what can be expected uh, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, the Biden administration already sent over an envoy to kind of lay the ground to the Palestinian yeah. territories and with Israel. What can we expect, if anything, to come out of his personal visit, Polit the diplomatic implications? Thank you, uh, Aaron. I, well, I agree with uh, my colleagues that uh, we should lower expectations about a big uh, yeah, announcement out of it. But also, as Danny mentioned, uh, Biden uh, will be looking to make some news here. And uh, his team has been hard at work. Uh, you mentioned the envoy uh, that has come and others have, mm -hmm. uh, from the senior staff have come to explore things. And a couple of things that might come out of it include uh, some announcement on a Middle East air defense. Um, this already has its own acronym in Washington, you know, M-E-A-D, MEAD. So that indicates that there's uh, people hard at work um, looking at combining air defenses between the Gulf and Israel, Jordan, and, uh, you know, make uh, to have a, a first step towards collective defense against Iranian missiles. So that that's some announcement on, on steps towards a, a regional air defense network might come out of this visit. No doubt that Biden will be highlighting in a very um, important way the strong and ever-growing uh, security relationship between the U.S. and Israel. Uh, I believe he will be uh, talking about not just the Iron Dome, but also the Iron Beam, the laser system uh, that is also funded by the U.S. and developed here in Israel. So uh, that will be a concrete deliverable, I believe. Well, Biden is supposed to go and visit the Iron Beam uh, facility. Is that not correct during his That's visit? That's correct. That's correct. Uh, you know, there's been no official schedule, so there's a lot of rumors. But yes, I, I strongly believe that, that there will be some announcement on Iron Beam. He will go visit it. There has been a lot of work done to try to see if there could be more steps towards Saudi-Israel normalization. And Biden would love to take credit. As Danny noted, um, Biden is coming with very low uh, approval ratings in the U.S. right now, largely for economic inflation, oil prices. 
uh, his approval ratings right now are, are at the lowest uh, that where Trump was, around 39-40% during his presidency. That's where Biden is right now. So we do the Biden team is really hoping that, to make some positive news here. I think, as the, my colleague said, we should lower expectations. Um, he has a problem that he's probably not going to have a standalone meeting with Mohammed bin Salman, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. He may meet with uh, Mohammed bin Salman in the context of the GCC, the Gulf countries, plus Egypt and Jordan, the GCC plus meeting where Mohammed bin Salman will certainly be present. But whether there's a standalone one-on-one, -on -one, as they say in Hebrew, four eyes meeting between the two of them, uh, that has not been announced. So I think we should be lowering expectations, but uh, aware that the U.S. has a huge ongoing relationship with these countries. And of course, Ukraine and China will also be high on the agenda. Ambassador Ayalon, there's a lot of diplomatic activity going on behind the scenes here in Israel with regard to Saudi Arabia. Uh, Yair Lapid, who has until recently been the foreign minister, and I know you served at the foreign ministry for many, many years. Can you give us some insight? There have been some hints that have been dropped that Jerusalem is growing closer to Riyadh and that something, some sort of possibly not an out and out, you know, normalization of relations is coming, but that we are growing ever closer. What kind of uh, chances do you give this prospect? And will it be advanced during the Biden visit? Well, I, I think it's uh, certainly it's uh, within the interest of both countries, Saudi Arabia and, uh, and and Israel, and of course also the United States, GCC. Basically, all the uh, um, the um, moderate uh, Sunni countries in uh, in in the region, for obvious reasons, the uh, security against uh, Iran, uh, fighting uh, counterterrorism, because uh, whether it's the uh, Muslim Brotherhood or Al Qaeda, like or uh, ISIS. They are, uh, the, you know, they are mortal enemies of all the regimes uh, of the Sunni governments here. So there's a lot of the agenda. And Aaron, this has been uh, going for quite some time now, for a few years, that uh, Saudi-Israeli uh, um, relations have been warming up and strengthening, although under the radar. But without the uh, nod, uh, consent of Saudi Arabia, the Abraham uh, Accord uh, agreements would not have come to the world. So it was Saudis actually who's testing the water first um, by allowing, in a way, uh, Bahrain and the UAE uh, to formalize and normalize relations uh, with Israel when they are waiting a little bit uh, in the back for many reasons, uh, some politics uh, at home. I think mostly it's uh, because of a generational gap. You know, uh, King Salman is the old guard and I'm not sure that in his days uh, as the ruler, uh, we'll see uh, formalize, formalizing relations, but his uh, son, uh, the very uh, well-known and liked by Biden, Mohammed bin Salman, MBS. MBS. Uh, he's the one who is actually a champion for um, moving towards uh, Israel. So um, we may see some baby steps moving forward. There are some things which are, Aaron, concrete on the table. For instance, this Napier and Tehran, the two um, um, uh, Saudis, uh, the two Saudi islands uh, in the um, in the Straits. Right. Uh, so Strait of Tehran. Which, yes, which, which uh, have been returned from Egypt to the Saudis, but 
the uh, the transfer, let's say the complete the transfer cannot be uh, complete without Israel's consent because this was part of the Camp David uh, peace accord between Israel and Egypt where there are some um, uh, keep uh, some monitors and the keep uh, peacekeeping forces uh, UN on these uh, islands. So in order for the for the Saudis to complete their sovereignty and control of the of the islands, they need Israeli uh, consent or what would be a new arrangements, maybe the US can, um, can guarantee a, a new uh, security arrangement. So there's something concrete for the Saudis and for Israel, of course, more uh, increased um, uh, cooperation. Uh, Israel also would uh, like to see uh, Saudi airspace open for uh, Israeli planes or uh, all uh, 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 aviation, all traffic aviation from uh, Ben Gurion airport to the east over Saudi Arabia airspace. So there are also some concrete things on the agenda. Let, let me take off some items um, uh, regarding- uh, Please do. What, what our two distinguished guests uh, just said. First of all, regarding Iron Beam. Yes. Uh, surely Biden uh, regrets the fact that it is he rather than Trump visiting uh, the uh, laser station uh, because Trump uh, would have probably said, beam me up, Scotty. And, uh, <laughs> to his space station. Yes, to the, the uh, space to the, uh, force. Uh, Star Trek. Now, um, Defense Minister Benny Gantz uh, has already announced uh, earlier this week uh, the con this uh, mid uh, arrangement uh, and took credit uh, for it. Uh, regarding Israel's participation um, in the uh, Gulf uh, arrangement, uh, what could probably uh, take place is uh, what we are doing right now. That is taking uh, place, participating via Skype or Zoom um, in um, some virtual form. So you will see the Arab leaders and their American uh, guest or chairperson, as the case may be, with an Israeli showing up on the screen. Now, regarding uh, the military or naval arrangements, again, this has been indicated already. The Fifth Fleet, which is the naval arm of CENTCOM, has already conducted uh, a naval exercise with Israeli, Saudi, and other, uh, Bahrain, other navies uh, right. participating. So uh, this will probably be a showcase again the White House mentioned specifically the uh, Fifth Fleet and the uh, CENTCOM. Uh, so maybe we will see an Israeli naval officer uh, with uh, the uh, Fifth Fleet uh, commander uh, and a Saudi uh, admiral or captain next to him. That it will be not be political. It will not be policy level, only military on level. Well, let me just interject briefly, then you can make another point if you'd like. But, you know, um, Mr. Silverman was talking about MEAD, this new Middle East Air Defense Alliance. Given that Israel already has an extremely tight bond with defense cooperation with the United States, and it's expanding throughout the region, as you just mentioned, what is going to be new about MEAD, this new Air Defense Alliance? It's probably uh, intelligence and information sharing. Each country uh, has and will still have its own system. But in order for them to be interoperable, there will have to be some control, some uh, headquarters through which information is being exchanged 
and in a timely fashion. Because the, the whole idea is that you have the Houthis or some Iranian, pro-Iranian militia launching rockets. There has to be early warning and there has to be defense for the uh, assets. Now, one, one last point. You mentioned uh, Biden's campaign uh, pledge. Right. Now, um, recently, uh, a declassified memo surfaced regarding Netanyahu's first visit to Washington when he was elected prime minister in 1996. And when he met with Bill Clinton, the issue of Jerusalem came up. And right. what Clinton said was, during the 1992 campaign, I promised to move the embassy to Jerusalem. But now it is going to interfere with the peace process. Please, Bibi, don't make me choose between my campaign pledge and the peace process. And, and the really hit was taken. Very interesting to note. Uh, Mr. Actually, Danny, would you like to add to that? Yes, I, I would like to say that, uh, you know, this, uh, usually when you have uh, um, meetings of, of heads of states, uh, one of the main focus of all the staff working on it is to really create a bond, a, a, as they say, a chemistry between uh, the, the two leaders so they can work together with mutual trust and appreciation and they can pick up the phone whenever um, they want but uh, this time, you know, with this Biden's visit, I would say that the leadership is, is, is superfluous, certainly when it comes to, uh, uh, to, to Israel and also the Palestinians. On the Palestinian side, you know, Abbas is on the doldrums of the, uh, you know, he is uh, on his way out some, uh, uh, you know, sooner or later. In any case, he as uh, a political weight. He does not uh, be influenced anything and nothing can come up. Uh, from him in terms of uh, vision or, or bold steps. So it's kind of just checking the, the box with him. And also here, whether he meets um, with the Prime Minister's uh, Lapid or, or Bennett, uh, he knows that uh, they may not stay in office. Right. So again, checking just the box. And uh, so, so the visit is really uh, for the two administrations to work. And if we uh, mention the last important uh, uh, leader, which is uh, MBS. With him, he doesn't want to meet at all, uh, only, <laughs> you know, uh, with a few others uh, in the room. So in that case, it's a very, very peculiar uh, visit that I, I do not uh, remember such a visit where a president of the United States goes into a region where he almost doesn't care about who he meets. As I, I really agree with leader. you. Mr. Silverman, um, let's bring it back here to Israel and the political, the shifting that's been going on. How will that affect uh, President Biden, given that, let's just yeah. say, traditionally, the Democrats have gotten along. Well, they're getting they were getting along with the, the Bennett administration very well. Netanyahu yes. presents more challenges. Will Biden be trying to walk a line between also meeting with Netanyahu and also meeting with Lapid and Bennett? Well, it's a great question. Again, we don't know the details of the program yet, and I, I bet they're still being worked out, particularly after the announcement of the dissolution of the government and, and the call for new elections that will be in the fall. Of course, the current government in Israel will be uh, the current one meeting uh, President Biden at the tarmac. It'll be Prime Minister Lapid at that point. And so I think Biden and team will be using the Hippocratic oath, you know, of do no harm. Uh, they, uh, of course, uh, would prefer 
uh, the current government and the current coalition to a, a far-right government led by Prime Minister Netanyahu. And they've made no bones about that. But Israel is the ally, and so and the U.S. has to respect the democratic system in Israel. So I, I believe there will be, as you put it, Aaron, walking a fine line, showing support for Israel as a democratic ally, key partner in the region, and um, you know, showing that they can work uh, with whoever uh, the Israeli people elect. If I may uh, uh, come up with a suggestion, uh, which surely uh, will be heard uh, in Washington um, in a thunderous way. Uh, yes, Biden uh, should find uh, some 10 to 15 minutes for Netanyahu, but also for Mansour Abbas, mm. the, uh, the new uh, Arab uh, leader emerging in Israel. Uh, that will signal uh, to uh, Arab audiences uh, in Israel that uh, Abbas is an important uh, politician and also will put him on an equal basis with the leader of the opposition, Netanyahu. Very interesting point. Do you think that that's going to be a factor, Ambassador Ayalon? The fact that the joint Arab list sat in on an Israeli government for the first time, we're just about out of time. So what do you, would you weigh yeah. in on that? Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's a great idea. Uh, certainly, he will have to have this uh, bonus of meeting with Netanyahu as uh, head of the opposition, especially in this very sensitive uh, political time in Israel. Um, also, maybe as a prime minister in waiting. Uh, meeting with Mansour Abbas is a very, very um, bold, fresh uh, idea, which I think is excellent. Uh, by the way, uh, Chancellor Merkel on her last visit here did not meet uh, with Netanyahu, uh, if memory serves. Uh, you don't have to meet with the opposition, especially if this uh, leader of the opposition uh, coming over to Washington in 12, 2015 was trying to help the opposition to the Obama-Biden administration. Yes, but I heard from Netanyahu this morning. He says he's coming back. He oh. said so this morning. So uh, when he comes back, they'll work with him, of course. Yeah. Also, right. Amir, Merkel, Merkel was on her way out, so she didn't need to uh, uh, worry about Netanyahu working with him in the future. Biden may have to work again with Netanyahu, so he will have to see him, I think. And Mr. Silverman, would you like to weigh in on this, the diplomatic finesse of all of this? Yeah, I, prior presidents have addressed the Knesset, and uh, that would be a great step, I think, for Biden if he, if he did. And in that context, yes, he, it's a way of showing support for Israel's democracy because uh, there, there you will have Mansour Abbas, there you will have the leader of the opposition, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, right there in the Knesset. So it's an efficient way of, uh, of showing uh, support for the Israeli system rather than only its current leadership. So, I would very we'll much see. like to thank you for joining us today. We're just now out of time, but thank you, our distinguished panel, for joining us. Thank you, Amir Oren, as always. Thank you. I'm Erin Viner, sitting in for Jonathan Hessen, as I mentioned. And thank you, our audience, for joining this week's episode of Jerusalem Studio. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.